But uh, today we're going to continue talking about more like Jesus. And in this series, we are going to be painting a picture. We're looking at what what it looks like to be holy. And, and holiness is something we talk about in the church. We say the word a lot. But this series is really trying to show you the bigger picture of what it means to be holy. And so we're three weeks in. By the way, if you've missed any of the last weeks, I would encourage you, you can go on WCN.church and find the last weeks, or you can go on YouTube and um, search WCN Church. You can go on Facebook and catch up with these, because what I want you to, listen, in, in the Church of the Nazarene, we are big on holiness, or what we would call entire sanctification. We believe that God calls us to a higher way of living, that, that we don't have to live as slaves to sin and death. And, and so... So holiness is a huge thing, and we're in week four. So far, we, just a quick recap. The first week, we talked about the fact that holiness is first and foremost being transformed into the image of Christ. The second week, we talked about that issue of sin, that we can be freed from the will to sin. All of us were born with this depravity or this selfish, sinful nature. All of us were. But, but we believe, and, and God's word tells us, that we can be freed from that. We don't have to live as slaves to sin. And then last week, we, we looked at Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, where he says, I press on to know Christ. He says, I want to know Christ fully. And that's what Paul was all about, was pressing on. And so today, I, I want to talk about something important. We're going to kind of build on what we talked about last week, pressing on. But today, we're going to get a fuller picture of what we're pressing towards. First, I want to talk about a word, focus. Say focus with me. Focus. Say it to your neighbor. Say focus. Everybody look at me and focus. Come on, give me your attention. Focus is important. In fact, I want to quote... Uh, a scholar, a theologian, this is a quote I came ac across this week, it says, your focus determines your reality. Where you're focused determines your reality. Anyone know who that scholar was that said that? It was Qui-Gon Jinn from Star Wars, great theologian. <laughs> and I, listen, I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, but uh, I had to look up who Qui-Gon Jinn was, to be honest. But, but I love that idea because that, that's true. Your focus determines your reality. Uh, another thing that I saw, a friend posted this story this week, and I thought it was pretty fitting. Uh, a lady went to her pastor, and she said, Pastor, I don't want to be at this church anymore. She said, this church is just full of hypocrites, and everybody's talking about each other, and people are fake, and people aren't worshiping right. They're sitting there on their phone, and she said, there's just so much wrong with this church, and I want to leave. And, and the pastor said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a cup of water, a glass of water. I want, I want you to fill it up, and I want you to walk around the church three times without spilling any of that water. And so the lady thought, fine, whatever I got to do to get out of this church I'll do it, right? And so she takes the glass of water and she starts walking around the church. She walks around three times, doesn't spill a drop. And she comes back and the pastor says, hey, as you were walking around, did you notice anyone gossiping? No. Did you notice anyone on their phones? No. Did you see any fakeness? Did you, did you see hypocrites? And No. Well, why do you think that is? And she said, I don't know. He said, it's because you were focused on this water. He said, what you need to do is focus on yourself, not on others. Another, another quote that I love in, is one of the pastors, man, they just, uh, Stephen Manley, revivalist. He, he said this, and it's always stuck with me. He said, if you are looking 
for the perfect church and you find it, turn around and run away because you'll ruin it. The the truth is, there's plenty that, that we need to work on right here before we get to everything else. And so our focus has to be in the right place. Listen, I'm just gonna... I'm just going to say right now, I think if you came in here this morning and you were completely focused on Christ, then you probably just had an incredible time of worship where you felt the presence of Christ. I'm pretty sure if you came in here this morning distracted by a million things, if you were worried about what your neighbor was doing, if you were focused on the stuff of last week or the stuff coming up this week, you probably missed that. The Spirit of God is here. And our focus determines our reality. Thank you, Qui-Gon Jinn. Our focus is important. So last week we heard from Paul and he said, I press on to focus on Christ. And today we're going to hear from Peter. We're going to look at his letter to the Church of Asia Minor. And and we're going to see that they build on each other and they work together. But our focus is important. And so... One thing we talked about last week is that there, there is no neutral in our faith. We talked about maturing, continuing to grow in our faith. And here's the truth. If you are not growing closer to Jesus, you're not staying in the same place. You're falling away. There's only two ways it can be. There is no holding pattern in faith. If you're not growing in your faith, then you're falling away. And you guys know this because this has happened before where you were just passionate and on fire and everything was good, but then all of a sudden you kind of lost that spark and you lost that flame. And you know what? You didn't stay where you were. You cooled off and you probably found yourself in a place where you were asking, hey, where is God? What's going on? There is no neutral. So we've got to keep our focus in the right place on Jesus Christ. Uh, The article of faith 10, we're going to continue looking. So in the Church of Nazarene, we have 16 articles of faith. And article of faith 10 is holiness or entire sanctification. And we've read the last three paragraphs. The first one talked about that that it's first and foremost, that it's being transformed into, into the image of Christ and, and we've talked about each piece of it. The second one talked about being delivered from sin. The third one talked about this, this call of God to continually mature and grow. And I want to read you the next part because this is important. There's two realities that you're going to see in this. It says, we believe that the grace of entire sanctification includes the divine impulse to grow in grace as a Christ-like disciple. We read that last week. That God is calling all of us to grow in Christ-likeness. However, this impulse must be consciously nurtured and careful attention given to the requisites and processes of spiritual development and improvement in Christ-likeness of character and personality. Without such purposeful endeavor, one's witness may be impaired and the grace itself frustrated and ultimately lost. Let me translate that for you. What this is saying is that God calls us to grow. There's a divine calling for us to continually grow. But if we don't press on, as Paul said last week, if we don't press on towards Christ and continue to grow, the reality is our witness can be hurt. Listen, you you guys know this is true. This has happened in our world where the church 
stops growing to look more like Jesus, and all of a sudden, its witness is impaired in the people of the world. How many of you have heard someone say, those Christians don't seem any different than everyone else? You've probably heard someone say that. I've heard many people say that. If we're not growing in Christ-likeness, our witness is impaired. But even worse, it says that grace can be frustrated or lost. So, so we talked about, we've talked about this this whole series, that, that there's this idea that holiness or sanctification is a finality or a finished product, but what we see here is that we are always growing. God is always calling us forward to become more and more Christ-like, and if we're not pressing on towards Christ, we're falling away. And so we hear this all the time. There are pastors, there are Christian leaders who are holy men of God, women of God, who stop growing and they don't stay in the same place. They fall away and, and there's story after story after story of fully committed followers of Christ that fall away from their faith and fall into a sinful life. We have to continue to grow. So last week we looked at Paul's letter to the church at Philippians. Like I said, today we're going to look at, at Peter's second letter um, to the church of Asia Minor. Why don't you stand with me? And this letter, um, Peter, it's kind of like his final letter. It's kind of like his farewell letter to the churches. And so this is, you know, what he wants them to get. And he starts with this, this calling to the holy life. And what I love about this, before we even read it, is that it goes so perfectly with what Paul talked about in the, in the letter to the church at Philippi. So we're in chapter 1 of, of 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read 3 through 11. You can follow with me on the screen. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to, does that sound familiar? Press on, I press on, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, to your knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. Perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You can have a seat. So I'm just going to guess that sitting here after three weeks of talking about holiness and entire sanctification and talking about becoming more Christ-like and talking about being freed from sin, I'm just gonna guess that there's probably still a decent amount of you that are sitting there saying, is it really possible? Can I really 
live a Christ-like life, not just today, but every day after. I think there's a piece of us that thinks, hey, I, I can do well for a little bit, but, but the question is, can we really live holy lives ongoing the rest of our lives? And Peter tells us, just as Paul has told us, yes, absolutely you can. Listen to what he says. He says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. It doesn't say everything we need to do okay for a week or everything we need to get through the next two days of holiness. He says, you have everything you need to live a godly life. Later, he says that we're called in to live in the divine nature. We are called to something so much more than just a surface Christianity. We are called to holiness. And so, yes, we can Live to be the holy people that God's called us to. You can live a holy life. The question we got to ask ourselves are, what are the tools that we need? See, anytime you're taking on a big, undertaking something big, you've got to know what the tools you, you need are going to be, right? How many of you have run a marathon before? Anyone? All right, we got a few. You guys are crazy. You know, let's just get that out there. I've never run a marathon. I think I've run a 5K inflatable 5k it wasn't even a real 5k it was an inflatable 5k um, but but listen if you ever run a marathon you know that there are things that you need to run a marathon you probably don't want to show up with flip-flops on it's gonna be tough to run 26.2 miles in flip-flops so my wife super athletic wife Megan raise your hand over there super athlete Megan Mahaffey she actually ran ran, let me do that, ran <laughs> the flying pig. 10K, 10K. <laughs> she ran the 10K. Way to go, Megan. That's further than I've ever gone. But, what, but a couple weeks ago, I was feeling really sick. I was kind of dehydrated, and she said, oh, I have the perfect thing. And she pulls out this huge box, and it's her flying pig marathon preparedness kit or 10k preparedness kit and she pulls out this box and starts dumping it out and and see they had given her all these things because they knew that if she was going to run this race she needed a lot of different things so some things that were in there um there was this was why she pulled it out because i was a little dehydrated she gave me this hydration packet it was about this big it was red it was cherry flavored and it was like concentrate hydration and and I opened it up and took one sip, and it was disgusting. So I got a big cup of water and poured it in. But apparently you need extra hydration, because if you're running 26.2 miles, you're sweating a lot, and you need to replenish and hydrate. And so they give you the hydration packets. Uh, they, they gave lotion. It's important, I guess. You need lotion to run a marathon. I don't know. I've never done it. They gave Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Could be really valuable if you're running a race. Listen to this. I think this is weird. There were three sticks of deodorant. Now, I don't know if everyone got three sticks of deodorant. Maybe they just looked at Megan and were like, hey, throw a couple more in there, you know? <laughs> but, but there's all these things that you need. I don't know why you'd need three whole sticks of deodorant to run a marathon, but whatever. There, there's all these things. Listen, the, the point is this. If you're going to run a race, you'd better have the right tools. If you're going to climb a mountain, you'd better have the right tools. So the question we have to ask ourselves, we're all called to the holy life. We are all called to live holiness in Christ. The question we should ask today is, what tools 
do I need to live the holy life? Well, let's look at this. You can, you can make a mental note here. You can make a big list if you want. Going back to verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and His own goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world by, caused by evil desires. So let's make our list here. What do we need? What are the tools that we need to live holy, Christ-like lives? It's really simple. It's one word. We need Jesus Christ. Two words. It's a name. We need Jesus Christ. Often I think we have this picture in our head that we need all these different things. We've got to get the, the perfect materials and all this stuff. And Listen, you know what you need to be holy? You need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so, so I love this because, you know, Paul last week said, forget all that other stuff on my resume. I press on towards Christ Jesus. And I love how this works together because Peter's telling us all you need to be holy and participate in the divine nature and be transformed into the image of Christ is Jesus. And so, so Paul wasn't, wasn't focusing on Jesus at the expense of holiness. Paul was focusing on Jesus because that's the path to holiness. Peter says you have everything you need. Jesus is all we need to live the holy life. And, and so, so the, the tools that you need, we just need Jesus. And verse 5 goes on, and it kind of gives us a picture of, of how we grow, what it looks like to mature and be transformed into the image of Christ. He says, for this very reason, you know, all you need is Jesus to live the divine life. For this very reason, make every effort... So let's go back, press on, make every effort. We have a part in this. We have to press on towards Christ. It says, make every effort to add to your faith. This is where you could probably keep a good list. To add to your faith, goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. What is this showing us? That, that the holy lifestyle is not just one of these things. That the holy lifestyle is a, it's a whole person. It's, it's wholeness in Christ. We are called to this complete picture of holiness. There's not a part of your life that holiness doesn't touch. We are called to holiness. So what is a well-rounded, mature follower of Christ, what does Christ-likeness look like? Peter says you should add, you should make every effort to add these things. Let's just talk through them. Goodness. Add to your faith goodness. Another word that's used is, is virtue or moral goodness. Listen, I, I want to say this. Being a Christian is not just about doing the right things or, or behaving the right way. Goodness should come from your life. The world, when they look at us as Christians, should see the goodness of Christ at work in us. We should have an impact on the world around us. 
a church full of people that worship an almighty God and pursue holiness in Christ should not walk out of here and have no effect on the world around it. We should add to our faith goodness. Add to our goodness knowledge. I, kind of, I want you to kind of be thinking through these things. This is important today. It's, it's one thing to be good, to do the right things, to be moral, but we're called to grow in knowledge. I'll just be honest with you. This, this is one that, that's not the easiest thing for me. I don't like to read. I don't like to study. I went through school. I wasn't the best student, and I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that enjoys school or studying, but we are called to grow in knowledge. Scripture says at times that, that, you know, you should be further along than you are, but you're stuck on the basics, on the elementary teachings, so you're not where you should be in your faith. We are called not just to be good, but to grow in knowledge. And then we add to our knowledge self-control. Man, that, that's probably a little convicting for most of us in this room. We should be self-controlled. The more we grow in Christ, the more we should live the right way and have the right limits and be in control of what we're doing and add to self-control perseverance. I know, I know a lot of Christians, you know, they're all good and everything's good, but then something happens and it sets them back. We should grow in perseverance. You should grow as you follow Christ, as you know him more. You'll grow to where the storms of life, we sang it, the storms aren't going to affect me. I'm going to praise him anyway. And you grow in perseverance. Listen, praise God. Praise God. For our brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone through difficulties and pain, but persevere. I don't know about you guys, but I want to have a faith that says no matter what comes tomorrow, I'll praise him. I'll worship him. We should grow in perseverance. It says into perseverance, godliness. We should look more and more like Christ. We should be more and more committed and devoted to him. And so it's not just doing the right thing, but we should be fully sold out to Christ. We're growing. And then it says mutual affection. This, let's have some fun here. How many of you have ever said, you know, I don't mind church or work or, you know, the store. I just don't like people. Anyone ever said that? You're going to tell on yourself. I, I've said it before. Uh, my, one of, uh, several of my kids have said that before. <laughs> you know, I just, the, the thing that's tough is people. You know what this says? This says that as we grow in Christ-likeness, we should grow in brotherly love for others. We should actually love others more. I'm just going to say this. I, I know we say that kind of joking. But seriously, as a follower of Christ, there is no room for not liking others or wanting to not be around. The, a holy life is not a, a solitary life. We are called to be in relationship with God and others. And so we're called to grow in brotherly love. And then it says not just brotherly love, it says love or agape love. That's Christ-like love. That's sacrificial. That's deep love. Are you getting this picture? That we are called to continually grow. And here is the list right here of, of the well-rounded follower of Christ. So I'm just going to guess that 
If we all took a little inventory, if you wrote all those words down and, and gave yourself a grade one to 10 of where you're at, I wanna guess you got some room to grow. Some of you might be panicking right now. <laughs> but we've all got room to grow. And we are called to continue to grow. And how do we do that? He tells us, how do we add these things? Goodness, how do we add perseverance? How do we add self-control, knowledge, love, mutual affection? How do we add these things? It says, through his divine nature or power. It says, through these he has given us, through his glory and goodness and power. It says, through them you may participate. So this is the beauty of it. That Paul says, I'm going to press on to know Christ more. And in that, he's being transformed. Peter says, you have everything you need in Christ Jesus. Our focus matters. If you're focused on him, you'll grow and continue to grow in divine nature. We grow in grace through knowing and not just a, a mental knowledge, but walking in Christ. That's how we grow. Listen, today you have an awesome opportunity to come together with a lot of other believers in Christ and to worship the Almighty God and to be in His presence. Listen, can I, I mean, this is huge. Spending time with Jesus is so important because it's the way that we're transformed. And so we've come together as the body of Christ to be with Jesus, to be in his presence with his spirit. But can I tell you that, that this isn't enough? You have the opportunity every day to walk with Jesus. You have the opportunity every day. We have this great blessing, God's word, the Bible, that teaches us that the Holy Spirit works through to reveal Christ to us. We have it. Any of you can get it. We'll give you one free if you don't have one. Come find us. We'll give you a Bible. You have that, and you can spend time with Jesus every day in the Word. You can spend time in prayer. You can spend time with Jesus in your relationship with each other. We should be pointing each other to Him. And so we've got to make our faith an everyday thing, holiness is not a Sunday morning thing. And holiness is not a one-time thing that you reach and never have to worry about again. Holiness is a daily, a daily commitment. I'm going to say that again. Holiness is a daily commitment. And I just want you to know, those are not my words. Those are the words of Jesus Christ, who says in Luke 9, anyone who wants to follow me must take up their cross daily, and follow. Holiness is a daily commitment, and our focus has to stay on Jesus. And so now we see the two realities. Verse 8, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. This is giving us a picture of those two realities. If you continue to grow, you won't have to worry about being unproductive. You won't have to worry about being ineffective. You don't have to worry about being blind to what God's doing. 
But if you stop growing, listen, my, my goal is not to be negative today. But the church far too often stops growing to be more like Jesus. And way too often the church does not reflect the glory of God to the world around it. We are called to be the holy people of God. You are called to be the holy people of God. And if we're not growing, we'll become unproductive and ineffective. Listen, there's something amazing about God. There's something amazing about Jesus that, that draws people to him. There's something incredible, holy, glory. I mean, there, there's this greatness of God that people are drawn to. You know what people are turned off by? Followers of Christ who aren't reflecting his glory. So continue growing and it'll keep you from being ineffective or unproductive. If you stop, it'll be like you've forgotten it all. You've forgotten how great God is. You've forgotten what Jesus has done for you on the cross. So we press on. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, let's ask that question again. Can you live every day in the holy life? It says, if you do these things, you will never, never stumble. And then there's this even better promise here. Not just you won't stumble, it says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise God. Listen, there is something so much better for you than a shallow Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday Christianity. God's calling you to a holy life. And he has an inheritance and a kingdom that's far greater than anything you're going to find outside of the walls of here. And so we press on. Worship team's going to come up. And we've got this picture of what Christ-likeness looks like. We've got this list. So I want you to stand with me. And here's what I want you to do. Please listen to me. Please don't stay in neutral today because you're not staying in neutral. You're falling away. When we hear the word of God, when we come to worship together, we're being called forward. And so today I want to invite you to press on towards Christ. I want to read this list again, and I want you to be thinking about your life. And maybe there are some areas that, that you need to grow in. Goodness. It is goodness flowing out of your life. Are you having an impact on the people around you for the kingdom? Is God's goodness flowing out of you? Knowledge. Are you deeper in your walk and your knowledge of Christ than you were a year ago or six months ago? Are you growing in knowledge? Self-control. Are you still fighting the same battles over and over again or are you growing? Jesus wants to help you grow in self-control. Perseverance, are you getting knocked off course by, by things that happen? Or are you growing stronger in your faith so you can persevere? Godliness, are you completely, completely committed and sold out for Christ? Mutual affection, are you growing to love, brotherly love, to love the people around you? Agape love, are you loving more like 
Christ. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to sing a song, and I want to invite you to respond. Please don't stay idle. Please don't think that you're just going to stay where you are and everything's going to be fine. Today, his word, God's word, calls us to press on. So I want to invite you. You can come up here and pray if you want at an altar. You can bow at your seat. You can close your eyes. Listen, there's not one response that's perfect, but I want to call you to respond. Don't stay idle. Press on. You have everything you need in Jesus Christ to grow in Christ-likeness and holiness today. So open your heart. Take some inventory. And seek Him. Press on towards Christ. Father, I pray you'd speak to us. And I pray we wouldn't sit idle, but that we would respond to you. We would give you everything. Help each and every person in this room right now, every person that's online watching, help us to just give you everything. Nothing in our life is off limits to holiness, Lord. You want all of us. So I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us and help us to respond. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.